The presenting sponsor of Moon Tower Soccer is FVF Law. To find out what makes FVF a different kind of injury law firm, you can visit FVF.law. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening to Moon Tower Soccer. This week, we are joined by Hernan and Bali from the Top Flight Podcast. We're going to talk about uh, Alex Ring contract extension. We'll talk about some other transfer rumors, and we'll talk about the MLS Super Draft and maybe a few other things. My name is Landon Cottom. I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Jeremiah Bentley. Hey, everybody. I'm Jeremiah Bentley, and I'm very excited to be joined by the boys from Top Flight. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about your, your show and your various Austin FC projects. Hey guys, what's up? Jeremiah, Landon, it's an honor to be here. Uh, been listening to this podcast for a really long time, you know. Uh, you guys have had some really good guests, and it's honestly an honor to be here on this on this part with my boy Bali. What's up, Bali? What up, guys? Thanks for having us. You know, uh, pleasure, and I can't wait. Uh, we're from the Top Flight Pod, and we're Austin TV. Uh, a little bit about that, some background behind it. Uh, where Austin TV was started by a group of friends that, you know, we're all from Austin and we found a love for this team and we want to kind of, kind of, I guess you can say document the emotions of the everyday fan leaving the stadium. We want to get the, just the raw footage of you leaving Q2 Stadium, either in a devastating loss to FC Dallas or a glorious win against LA Galaxy, you know, In, so including um, Jeremiah's son saying that the game was bullshit. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. But and then we also have Top Fly. It's another one of our projects. Um, we kind of like to call it like an uncensored podcast. We like to talk about Austin FC. We like to talk about world football. Um, we're all really good buddies, so the arguments get really, really heated. So if you ever think that we're going to fight, it's just us being friends. You know, we have we have a big Chelsea fan, Real Madrid fans, Bali is a Arsenal fan, and it gets really heated sometimes. And you guys are local boys too, right? Are all y'all local boys? Like, I mean, you, kinda, you grew up in, in the area, and so I think it probably means something different to y'all than maybe, you know, people who just moved to Austin to, to have a club. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I, I, uh, I, um... I lived right. I lived right behind the Q2. You know, I grew up there. You know, that's where I grew up. And uh, you know, just having a team and a stadium right there, right by my home. You know, it's it's incredible. It's amazing. It, it's a feeling that I can't really explain, to be honest. It honestly feels unreal to tell you the truth, because growing up in Austin, you know, Austin was never a Dallas. It was never a Houston. So I honestly never saw MLS coming to ATX. I never really saw that happening because. All my life, it was always traveling to go see games. It was always going to Houston to see Mexico play Jamaica. It was always something like that, traveling to D.C. to see Real Madrid, you know, because we didn't have anything here. But now we have a soccer-specific stadium in a place where really we used to ride our bikes through, you know, whenever we were kids, not thinking anything was ever going to be there. And then out of nowhere, McCalla Place, Q2 Stadium, whatever you want to call it, just appears right next to it discount tire and Austin FC yeah for you you guys are, are fairly young but Austin has changed a lot just in your lifetime and yes. whenever you talk to people who grew up here they, they generally have quite a few things that they don't like that have changed about the city and so I imagine it's it's pretty cool to have one thing that changed that is actually a positive for you huh 100 100 we've been in Austin for 
you know, very long time. The hospital that I was born in, Breckenridge, they don't even use it anymore. I think they used it for like a Walking Dead. Episode, <laughs> you know. All right. Well, uh, I think we should get into the biggest news of the day. When we were putting together this running order, we didn't think we were going to have a ton to talk about, but then uh, a major bomb dropped, which is uh, Alex Ring having his contract ex- extended and being named as a designated player. So, uh, Jeremiah, do you want to tell us some of the details about this? Yeah, I'll be happy to go through that. And I've totally missed the designator player part the first time through. It was it was your tweet that kind of made me see that because I was like, but that just doesn't seem right. And we'll talk about why that is. But yes, uh, Austin FC announced today that they'd agreed to a new contract with midfielder and club captain Alex Ring. Two guaranteed years for 2022 and 2023, and then option years for 24 and 25. Um, so we know he'll be here for, what is he? he's going to be? He's 30. And he will turn 31 uh, early in next season. So he's going to be here until what? Until he's year 35 season. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, captain of the club did a lot of good stuff last year. And I guess he's being rewarded for it from, for, I guess the first time in his five years in major league soccer that he's been a designated player. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, so what were y'all's initial reactions? And on in Bali, I'll let y'all take this. What were your initial reactions to seeing that Alex ring was going to be, the third DP. Let's see, Bali, you want to take this one? Do you want to go first? Um, I was, I was surprised. I was surprised, but um, then I saw a tweet going around and I kind of read it and I kind of explained to me, it was kind of a financial move. So I kind of understand, I guess the move, but um, yeah, I was kind of surprised, but it's more money, I guess for ring. And I think the 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 tweet that Bali is referring to was maybe a post that was shared off of the Reddit. Maybe yeah. I think it was, uh, Taylor, it was Taylor. 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 Yeah. Shout out Taylor. Taylor uh, shared that, and actually I replied to Taylor and I said, "Beautiful, actually," because it was a great explanation on the Alex Ring situation. And you know who liked that? Somebody very important liked that tweet. Anthony Preport himself. <laughs> Like the reply to Taylor's post. Yep. So pre court I guess, is at the wheel and he knows what he's doing. I guess is what he's trying to subliminally, subliminally say with that favorite tweet. Yeah, so there are a lot of people who were surprised and not very happy about this, which I... I get where those folks are coming from. I, with the older version of the designated player rule... You essentially had three players that you could spend whatever you wanted to on. And so to say, okay, we have this third spot that's free right now. And if you're thinking we can spend whatever we want on it, then having Alex Ring as that spot maybe is a little bit disappointing, right? But it's not necessarily the case anymore this year. With the U22 initiative coming in, um, if you use your three U22 initiative spots, that third designated player spot is essentially a TAM player. Uh, it's you don't get to spend whatever you want. They have to make below one point six ish million dollars as their salary. So uh, with Alex Ring was on a little over a million in the twenty twenty one season. I imagine he'll get a pay raise here. I would guess somewhere between one point three and one point five. It can't be any more than one point six. So I would guess one point three to one point five is going to be what he's making now, um, which put it puts him right below that threshold. So I think that like understanding that maybe helps people understand a little bit more about why Alex Ring fits into this spot because it was never going to be uh we talked about last week Vincent Janssen like 
it can't be Vincent Janssen. It was never going to be that kind of player. It was never going to be this huge name, spend whatever kind of money you want. It was always going to be a little bit more on the budget end of a DP. So uh, for that reason, I think it fits a little bit more. What it means for the rest of the roster build. So because Alex Ring was making over a million dollars, that's DP level anyway, right? That's where targeted allocation money comes in, TAM. We're using quite a bit of TAM to buy him down below that DP threshold. Now that he is a DP, that frees up all that TAM that we can use on someone else at this point. So if let's say he was, he is making 1.3 to 1.5 now, that frees up somewhere between like 500, $700,000 in TAM that we now have available to use on another player. So I, I don't think that this is necessarily a negative thing. I, depending on who we use that money on, I think it could be a really good thing. Um, Chris Bills tweeted that he wasn't completely convinced by it um, and that he might be writing a piece about it. I was trying to think of what the downside is. So the only thing that I could think of right now is that with that DP spot, you could essentially get a transfer fee off the books to fill it. And so we could get somebody who would be making below one6 and still pay a pretty big transfer fee for them. And I think that's what we're losing out by using a DP spot on Alex Ring. Is there anything else you guys can think of that is the downside here? I mean, I can't I can't really think of something right now off the, off the top of my head. I can only see positives in this. But, I mean, you just explained it beautifully. You just put it down. You just broke it down. Great. That The new Austin FC fan, the new MLS fan, is going to be scratching their head like, Alex Ring, DP, what? I already know that guy. That guy's not a Chicharito. <laughs> that guy's not a Vela. You know what I'm saying? So I bet the initial reaction from a lot of folks was negative. But whenever you listen to, to things like this, when you read posts on Reddit like that from, I mean, this guy was from New York City. I think that's where he's uh, posting it to. You have to really look into these MLS rules. You have to really dig into all this information. And then decide whether if it was a where was the, whether it was a good move or not to me it was a good move what about you bali i think it was a good move uh but yeah and, and anyways it's our captain alex ring we want this guy to be here for a long time so uh, i like the move that that's another really good point there bali is that alex ring was really good for us this last year and so because we we traded for him he was still on his his contract from new york city we picked up that option this year, so he had one year left on his contract. Uh, I don't, I don't feel good about letting Alex Ring go after one more year. I would rather lock him down for longer, and if we can get give him a little bit of a pay bump and lock him down for at least two more years, I, I think that's great. Like, let's keep Alex Ring here for two more years. Alex yeah. Ring, four goals, no DP. Toto, DP, what? Two goals. Mm, yeah, it's and, tough. You know what I'm I saying? mean, goals aside, Alex Ring was a huge contributor to this team in a lot yeah. of other areas. So, um, yeah, I definitely worth keeping around. Is any other points we want to hit on the Alex Ring move here? I think I think this is in the Chris Bills article. Um, he because we've had this, you know, Alex Ring is a defensive mid, and Alex Ring is a number eight, and he talked about his desire to be an eight and to connect with Drew Yusey and talked about them having this this connection and this soccer intelligence together. I'm really excited what that means for the future. Now that means we have to, we have to find a six and we have to fill that spot. But I think that that was a really interesting quote that came out of that story today. And that uh, 
hopefully folks picked up on. Then my question for you guys would be, you know, we've talked about this as like an accounting move. So, you know, or so or not in Bali, do you feel like does this kind of stuff does it make it harder for people to like become passionate about MLS? Because like you talked about, like the average soccer fan's reaction who doesn't understand all this stuff is like, oh, this is weird. I don't really get it. But like, do, do you feel like that's like an inhibiting factor for the league that, that, that it sort of is set up this way? I hope this makes people want to look into what TAM is. I hope it makes people want to look into what these wacky rules are. You know what I'm saying? But I am afraid, and I think Bali will agree with me on this. There are going to be some people that are going to be like, nah, I don't even want to look into it. Mexico is better or whatever. And that's, it's not the case anymore. USA soccer is on the rise. I feel like people need to be turning heads and looking more into the MLS and start getting used to these crazy rules because Austin MC is going to grow. You know what I mean? And uh, this is not going to be the first time that we're going to have to deal with something like this. I think we're going to see much more of this TAM, GAM stuff going around. And what do you think, Bali? I think you hit it uh, on the mark, honey. You know, like a new fan, it's going to be hard. I think... Austin FC, all you have to do is just win games. Don't have a season like you did this past season. I mean, if you win games, you keep the fan base happy. You lose games, fan base not happy, toxic. So just keep us happy, and uh, the fan base will stick with you. Yeah, fans of teams who win don't care that much about Tam, I've heard. so. But <laughs> I, I, I want to be that kind of fan. <laughs> uh, so, Jeremiah, you talked about uh, Chris Bills mentioning that we either need to fill it, the six the like the whole uh we need to fill in uh, the number six or the number eight so a guy who maybe could do one or both of those spots is uh, a rumor that we talked a little bit about last week and i think last week on the show we said like oh this one seems to be dead right um or wait did we yeah i last can't remember week, anymore we t- did- well the week before we talked about it being a rumor last week we talked about it being dead because he was supposed to be bound for either dallas or portland and so this week apparently the rumor's back on the johan valencia Story. Yeah, that's right. So Johan Valencia, there's uh, rumors out of Colombia saying that this one is a done deal. Um, that's still just a report right now. We haven't had any confirmation of that, but uh, it could possibly be hinging on the Pochettino move. But Johan Valencia could be that guy to fill in that sixth spot um, to let Ring play a little bit more forward, or at least play next to him and give him a, a little bit more defensive cover so that Ring can can be a bit more of an attacking player. 100%. Um, Johan Valencia. Am, am I saying his name right, Johan? Is he Johan also? I believe so. I think that's how... I, right? I, I only heard it on like a broadcast. Uh, okay. Um, and a lot of the broadcasts I found online were in English. And so those okay. guys might have been saying it wrong too. But I've, I've heard Johan. Okay. That's what I've heard from a few people. What I want to say about him is... Uh, and I've actually learned this from Bali himself. So Bali's going to go in right now. But... From what I've seen that Bali has um, sent to me is this guy's a dog. This guy is going to go box to box. This guy has strength in his upper body. He can make a great pass while he's falling down. He's uh, he's kind of like an Alex Ring, but from a different country. You know what I mean? And um, that's, that's really all I have to say on him. I'm really excited that we're linked with this guy. I heard that maybe just medicals have to be done, but Bali, if you want to come in. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've watched a couple of his games, and uh, I've, I've actually watched, uh, listened to one of his interviews, and uh, a guy asked him, what do you think um, is something that you can improve on? And he said, um, he said maybe uh, maybe go up more and maybe score and be active and try to communicate more with the, with the attacking uh, players. 
So if if Wolf's if Wolf if the job here in Austin FC is to to just cover for Ring, then that's perfect for him. You know, all he has to do is just sit back and let Ring go up and just and me and Hernan, we watched a couple of his games. The guy, he he's always starting. That's that's a normal for him. He's always starting and he's never he's never subbed out. So that's a full 90 all the time. So that that's a positive. Yeah. And we I, need that. I watched quite a bit of video of him on Y Scout the other day. And yeah, he's mostly played in in a double pivot with someone next to him. And yeah. it seems like the like in the games with with Kali anyway, that they would kind of play off of each other and both kind of be the deeper guy at some points, but he's also played as a lone six at times and, and it has, seems to have pretty good defensive awareness and is a pretty good disruptor, uh, good positioning, knows where to be to kind of block off passes and use his uh, kind of his passing shadow to, to block off plays. Um, he's also, and like uh, y'all said, he is strong. He's, he's a physical guy. And so I don't know that uh, he would have difficulty kind of transitioning into MLS. I know some, some more um, delicate players, like smaller players, have a hard time coming to MLS sometimes, and I don't think that would be an issue for him. Uh, he's also got pretty pretty soft feet. He's pretty tidy with the ball, can dribble around a guy every once in a while. He's not going to take dudes on, like dribble past three guys, but just a soft little touch to, to get, by, get past a guy and then make a pass. He's got that in his toolbox. So kind of the, the job that Wolf asked Danny Pereira to do at the six sometimes last year, I think he's not going to be as good carrying the ball as, uh, as Danny Pereira, but can do a little bit of that and be a much more defensively solid. So, um, I don't know that it's a home run. Like, I don't know that he's going to come in and, and take over the league, but I think he would be a solid addition to this team. Yeah. And so let's talk about, uh, we think that this move may be tied to the Pochettino move for uh, multiple reasons. One, we only have so many international spots. Um, and I believe that we're at the spot where we have to uh, to send one out to get one in. So, what's the latest on that? We got more Pochettino news this week. I think I think everybody on this podcast has tweeted something about it. So I don't know who wants to take this first. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I mean, where can we start? Honestly, I mean, there's been there's been so much that has been said. I mean, not only is the Austin media on it the River Plate media is also on it and they're very keen on him. You know, uh, I've actually said this to uh, my boys and I think on a Twitter space, I said that in Austin, it's very clear that the fans don't really want Pochettino. A lot of fans are quick to say, you know, eh, I don't really want Poch, you know, without really analyzing who Poch is and necessarily not who he is, but who he can be on the field, I guess, whenever he's comfortable. And that's one of, that's been one of his big, um, issues but one thing is very clear to me is that Pochettino in River they want him they want him yesterday they wanted him last week apparently that's what we're seeing but Bali can tell you and he's about to come in right now the Argentinian media they'll they'll use some signings they'll use rumors to sign other rumors it's just it's just crazy down there it's not like the MLS that's a whole nother monsters but Bali I I know you got something to say go ahead brother I mean, uh, Pochettino, man, I, I, I love the guy. I'll be honest. I love the guy. But, I mean, it, it was my impression that, that Poch and Wolf, they never got along. And, and that's really the reason why he's leaving. Uh, but we have to be honest. We have to be honest. Uh, two goals, one assist in a season is not good enough for a DP player. It, that's not good enough. And when the, the, when the news broke on Twitter, it, the fan base was divided. A lot of people want him to leave. 
a lot of people want him to stay. And uh, I really want to know what, what, what do y'all think? Do y'all want him? Landon and Jeremiah, what do y'all want? Do y'all want him to stay? Do y'all want him to leave? It's really divided out there on Twitter, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I think there's better uses for that, for that spot. I, I, I would count on the, the let him go. And like, I don't even know what his best position is, which is wild. I didn't, I didn't know that much about him coming in other than he seemed like a decent ball distributor. You know, he's got like a good long range shot that we never heard, never like converted, right? He's like, take, takes a lots of attempts at bangers from outside the box, you know, um, and led, led the team in shots, but he just doesn't seem to convert. So I don't know. Bali, you talked about the, disconnection with wolf and i know that came up early in the season too i think maybe with the minnesota game early on wolf talked about um pochino freelancing and kind of not staying with the with the plan so i think maybe this is just a situation where kind of what he wants to do and what the coach wants him to do don't align and we, we'd be better off just sort of cutting cutting it loose and uh and, and moving on and seeing what else we could do with this spot in the roster yeah Go ahead, I, Bali. oh sorry Landon. oh yeah you're good i uh I don't know, like, it, I don't know. There was to a point that you should be like shopping him, but if someone comes in with a with a decent bid, a decent offer to take him off your hands, I'm okay with taking it at this point. Uh, and I had someone ask me the other day, like, what with the Valencia rumor, like, what's the point in sending out one midfielder and bringing in another central midfielder? And they're very different players, and like the six, a more defensive player, someone that we actually really need right now. Whereas the positions that Toto plays, we kind of have other guys who play all those positions and have mostly been better than him at all of those positions. And so for those reasons, I'm okay with it. Um, if there weren't offers coming in, we we like the Valencia thing wasn't happening, I'd be okay with giving him another shot and, and trying to see if he can turn it around. Because I do think he's a really talented player, uh, which is obvious if, if River Plate's coming after him. But... Um, if the Atlanta, offer's there, Marce- I'd take it. Marcelo's going to take you out, man. What? We're, <laughs> we're going to go. What's the... How? River Plate. That's Thank how you. Thank you. Mar- Marcelo Tesson keeps getting mad at me for saying River Plate, but... I've said River Plate all my life, man. Sorry. <laughs> I've said it all my life. Um, I, I actually do want to plug in my boy, uh, B. He's the host also with me on the uh, pod, he has this take on uh, Butch and he, he's, he's not a fan. B is not a fan at all. And he said this, he said, he said, Butch, you played in every position. The coach has put you in multiple positions and you haven't cut it. You haven't worked out in any position. You haven't cemented your spot in any role that Joshua has put you in. For him, Brian is clear. He wants, he wants Butch out. And that's actually, shout out to my boy B. Good take on that. I'm actually with him. I don't think Poch works for us. I want to see him leave the club. That's also not a good idea. I mean, if you play this a player all over the place and you never give him somewhere where he could adapt and play well, that that's not good also. You have to let him adapt to a position. If you play him all over the place, of course he's going to be frustrated. I would be Mabali, frustrated too. Bali, listen, bro. Listen, bro. Pochettino has not done anything, bro. He got, he got two goals and one of them came off the freaking post. Ricochet. Lucky. Lucky. I mean... Did you really think that this guy was going to cement any type of role in Austin FC? Be real, Bali. Be real. I'm going to be real. I saw him in the preseason. I expected a lot about this guy. And I agree with Landon. I agree with Landon. I see something special in him. And I would keep him another year. Give him one more year. One more year. To to Arnon's point, and I I said this on on last week's show, there's some people saying that 
like Wolf was playing him out of position. They should play him in his natural position. And he did play in like if central midfield is his position, he played there several times and he never looked any better. And so I do think he, he did get moved around a lot, but like he didn't show any signs of improvement when he was playing in that position. And so I don't know that that's a fair assessment of that, but uh, anything yeah. else on Pochettino before we move on? I mean, I just want to say that the disconnection with Wolf was there and hopefully he embarks on a new journey in Argentina and he has the time of his life down there. I just wish him the best if he doesn't believe. All right. Um, I think we'll, maybe let's talk about uh, all the stuff we were hearing about Diego Fagundes possibly moving on last week. I, I think you yeah, guys were, were staying yeah, y'all on in the middle of that, that right? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Oh, walk walk, walk you, us bro. through the whole thing. Tell us how it started and, and kind of how the whole story played out. All right, well, hold on, Bobby. Let me let me actually take this part because I was the one that shared the tweet onto Slack. So I guess I have to take uh, I, I have to take the uh, the blame for that. So <laughs> um, I don't remember what, exactly what what time it was, but uh, you know, I'm doing the daily Twitter checks. You know, that's what you got to do in this business. You got to keep up with everything. You know what I'm saying? You got to be there. And I see a tweet from a familiar account that I that I I personally have to know to keep an eye on. You know what I'm saying? Because not only is it um, I would call him friend because he's cool. Uh, Bocha, uh, this is dad slash agent. And I see that he says that could we, could we maybe have to move again? And I was like, Hmm, I mean, hopefully he's talking about going from one subdivision to another, you know, with all these houses popping up and Austin making the freaking housing market crazy. Right. So I screenshot it, crop it out, share it onto Slack. And I say, yo guys, red alert. What does this mean? And then, boom, it just goes off from there. But, Bali, do you have anything that you want to say on it? I mean, when I saw the tweet, I mean, it's um, we all understand that uh, Bocha, that, that's Fagundes' dad. But not only is he a father to Fagundes, it's also his agent. So that that's huge. And um, him tweeting that, it kind of threw me off. It threw me off because I don't I don't think the club is – I'm, I'm pretty sure the club isn't really happy about about that why why would he why would his father tweet that he's looking around so that that really threw me off and um i was really the fan a lot of people were dming me telling me bali is this true is this true is this gonna happen what's going on i'm telling you i'm pretty sure Fagundes and austin fc twitter mentions were blowing up because everyone was talking about that so then we had the twitter space i believe that that night and Jorge Ituralde from Club Deporte, shout out to George, he came on and he had a little bit more on it because he has friends in Mexico down there. He has actual, you know, journalists down there that he's been knowing for forever. You know, he's been through um, Univision, I believe. So, you know, he's been in the game, right? So Jorge comes on the Twitter space and he starts, he starts saying that, you know, his sources in Mexico are reporting that they're ex- that some big clubs in Mexico are ex, um, exploring the possibilities of buying out ex-player in Austin MC. He never said the name, but he pretty much gave up some very clear details where we kind of connected dots, you know? So, I mean, it's really no shock that Fagundes is being looked at from other teams. I'm actually personally happy that we have a player that is being looked at by some big clubs in Mexico. So um, I am scared in future se- for the next seasons to come because it's, let's be honest, it's going to be hard to keep this in Austin, but 
apparently Fagundes is happy. They did come out on Twitter later on and they cleared it all up. They cleared it all up. I think Bocha said that um, Diego asked him to stop talking to these clubs. If I'm not mistaken, that's what he tweeted. So, yes. Bali, if you want to add anything. No, that, that you got a spot on, Hernan. He actually, um, I'm pretty sure Diego called him and told him, you know what? Drop it. And um, so it, it, it was serious. It was a serious move. It, it, it was going to happen. It, the whole and thing. That's what I'm surprised. The whole thing seemed really weird to me because, like, you would think at this point somebody'd have to come in with a pretty big chunk of change to take Diego off our hands to so, to get Austin FC even listening at this point, just because yeah. of how important yeah. he's been. Um, and so that part seemed weird, and so I I don't think I would have believed it if it weren't his father slash agent, the one kind of bringing it all right, up. like. <laughs> How how more accurate can you get? How more one hundred percent can it be? That's yeah. his agent speaking. Exactly. That's that's right from the from the uh, source. I mean, Fagundes is a fantastic player. Definitely, maybe seventy five percent of the fan base's favorite player from last season. And um, I do want to say that the fan base can take this win because I know that a bunch of people started hating on Diego, commenting on his stuff, tagging him on Twitter, probably even sent him messages saying Diego quédate Diego stay you know what I mean and that's that's whenever we dropped the picture on uh Instagram with him and Wolf hugging you know? it's like se queda se yeah. queda you know what I'm saying so um I mean super happy Fago is gonna stay he himself said that he's happy in Austin so so I mean I, I know after after that and during that whole thing there's a lot of people saying that Austin FC should pay Diego Fagundes more money uh what, what is y'all's take on that Bali, that's you, brother. Give him the money. <laughs> Give him the money. I mean, you, you pay everyone else, and they aren't, they aren't showing up. Fagundes, he shows up. He's always showing up, playing for the team. He feels the fan base. And, um, man, give, give the guy the money. Let bro, him stay Fagu, here. Bro, Fagu goes in 100% so much. I heard I heard that after a, a game, I can't remember which one, but I've heard from a very credible source that after one of the games, he was so tired, my bro collapsed. So tired from giving everything. He he completely collapsed after the game. He was done. Wow. Right, Bali. Doesn't surprise wow. me. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the type of player that, that he is, man. And I'm, I want him here for a long time. So, um, I mean, like I, I agree with you, Landon. It really threw me off because yeah, Bocha doesn't have to tweet that. I mean, you can just keep this on the back, just keep it personal, you know, and just, but why, why tweet it? Why let everyone yes, know? Yes, yes, everyone yes. know why? And that's really what threw me off. And, uh, oh man, I mean, we'll see what yeah, happens. It's, I, it's like, makes me wonder if, if his father is a really good agent or a really bad agent. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see, we'll see. But so uh, we'll going see. back to his salary, I think, does Diego Fagundes, Maybe does like on his play this season, does he deserve more money than he's making? I think so. But he negotiated that contract based on his past work, and he was underwhelming for a few seasons in a row. And got he got a pay raise from what he was making in New England. I think he was probably a little bit underpaid there already, too. Um, so while I do think he's better than than four hundred thousand dollars. That's the contract he negotiated, and it's, he's got two or three more years on it. Do y'all remember how long? How long his contract three. is? I think it was three originally. Three total. Or, okay, three or two total. more. So two okay. more. Yeah, I believe. So two more seasons. I wouldn't be surprised if sometime during next season, if Diego is still playing like he has been, 
you see that extension kind of like we saw ring right now that we extend it before uh if because yeah I, I agree we want to keep keep him happy keep him here because he's still young he's playing as well or maybe better than he ever has and so uh i agree i want to keep him but I don't know that we necessarily need to start panicking right now because if someone comes in and they they buy him and they catch Austin FC's ear, it's probably for a lot of money. And it would be terrible for Diego to leave, but if they're going to send us some money that we can spend on two more players like him, maybe we take it. Yeah, I want to agree with something Hernan said earlier. So, I mean, this kind of stuff, especially in the offseason, causes like this Twitter furor and everybody goes into freak-out mode on Slack. But it's a good problem to have. Like, we want to have guys that other people want, you know, and with where MLS sits sort of in the pecking order and clubs on the, uh, and leagues on the continent in the world, you know, we're, you know, I mean, we're a selling league. Like, a lot of leagues are selling leagues, you know, and so it's a, it's a good problem to have, to have somebody that, that there are rumors about, you know, that, that, that are, have the potential to go somewhere else. And so hopefully this is something that will happen more often rather than less often because we have a roster build that's desirable. Um, and we, when we were talking about posts, we'll, so I had written the notes we were going to do like New Year's New Year's resolutions for players, and then I guess like we did, we we decided not to. But mine was going to be that everybody on the team got to like have a position and stick with it. And I feel like Diego is a guy that hopefully this year, because of the moves that we've made, will have the benefit of having like a role on the team and sticking with it. And maybe we'll see even better results this year because he's not having to move around all over the place every different game. And what it, what is that role? Cause I'm well, not think, sure what what his best you don't know role what it's gonna is. Be? I I think we'll see him. I think we'll see him more in the midfield and less on the wing. You think so? Yeah. So is I do. Is, I mean, is, is Finley your starting right winger then? Nah. No. Okay. Ooh. But it's not Bob. <laughs> okay. Oh, think, oh, go for okay. it. I I think I think definitely. Uh, I think Fagundes is. Uh, I think right wing. Right wing should be his, his he, position. He was good. Even there. though, yeah. Even though he he did play great on the left side. And scored an amazing goal in Dallas, but that's all. No, Cecil- that was a screamer. That's, that's Cecilio. That's Cecilio Dominguez's spot right there. I mean, so what? Cecilio, <laughs> Cecilio Dominguez. <laughs> man, that man, man, come on now. Ceci, Ceci has no position locked up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to be real. I. Fagundes can pick any spot he wants. Go ahead, Lando. But no, Cecilio. I, I, I think you're right. Fagundes. I think it's one of those things where like he's so good anywhere that and like Cecilio can pretty much only play well on the left wing. Yeah. That like yeah, maybe Fagundes it would be better there than Cecilio, but it's the only place Cecilio is good and Fagundes is good everywhere. So yeah. uh it's like yeah. um, the curse of versatility a little bit. Y'all brought up Ethan though. Ethan we don't really know much about him, you know. So is it is it wild to even say that he can start right wing? He's gonna start some games this year at right wing. He okay. might not be the okay. the number one guy, but he's gonna start. I would say at least ten to twelve games. We see Ethan Finley start at right wing. That's my think, my prediction for this season. I think Bali had had more intel on. Ethan Finley. Well, whenever we heard about Ethan, I tried to look up some highlights, and the last highlight was like four years ago. I was like, "What the? F- <laughs> uh, what's going on?" But uh, you know, me and Hector Jimenez, uh, we're we're very uh, we're very close. That's my guy, and um, we talked, and I asked him, "Hey, Ethan," and he told me, "Man, Ethan Finley is like family to me, man." And he told me he is like he's a dog. He's always giving a hundred percent. 
And to be honest, we need players like that. And that's coming from your right back right there. So, um, and I also heard Ethan say that he knows Hector and he's expecting to, to be on that right wing and uh, working together. So uh, I'm excited for it, to be honest. One thing Ethan Finley is going to bring into this team is um, directness and tr- that transition play. So one thing Austin FC really struggled with was was breaking quickly in transition sometimes, either by game plan or by players just kind of not doing it. I think Uruti, who we'll talk about here in a little bit, but Uruti and Finley are two guys who thrive in those transition moments. And so I think if we kind of find a rhythm with Finley on that right wing, breaking down and, and kind of getting in behind the line, he might earn a spot on that right wing. Um, so, but I, I don't know that he's going to be an, an amazing player, but I think he'll be solid and he, he could, depending on the circumstances, be turn like earn a starting spot if not just some rotational minutes he's definitely going to play quite a bit though yeah 100 all right i this think is how, this is how i really look at it and i can this is how i really look at it i mean if you compare ethan to to manny perez or Mane, that's an improvement oh absolutely absolutely yeah 100 yeah. so, so we're doing something right yeah going up going up baby Oh, no. <laughs> All right, we should take a quick break. Um, we'll come back after this break. We're going to talk about, uh, we want to get uh, Hernan and Bali's takes on Maxi Uruti. Um, we'll talk about a tweet from Anthony Precourt. We're also going to talk about the MLS Super Draft and maybe a few other things. So uh, hang tight. We'll be right back. Moontower Soccer is brought to you by our friends at FVF Law, the official injury lawyers of Austin FC. FVF is a different kind of personal injury law firm dedicated to community, transparency, and client education. You can go to FVF.law to find out what makes FVF a different kind of injury law firm and why understanding your legal options can dramatically change the outcome of a case. Once again, that's FVF.law. All right, we are back with Hernan and Bali from the Top Flight Podcast. The first thing I want to talk about in this segment is Maxi Uruti. Jeremiah and I have already talked quite a bit about him on the show. Um, but w- what is what is y'all's take on Maxi Uruti? So I want to actually start off on uh, Maxi. Um, I've been doing some um, homework on him because unlike Ethan Finley, there's a lot of, of background on this guy. You know, he's been all over Texas. And apparently he's been in several clubs in the MLS. And not to mention, I guess is where we can start on him. Uh, you know, born Rosario, Argentina. He's six feet, 30 years old. Everybody knows that. Uh, started off in Newell's Old Boys. Uh, he was in their youth system. He got promoted in 2011 and made his debut May 14, 2011. And from what I saw, um, it, was a, it was a good spell overall. Uh, he had 65 appearances and, and 13 goals. Um, that was where he started. I mean, he's been through Toronto, Portland, and like I said, FC Dallas. Apparently, he was in Montreal also. So this guy's a veteran. He's been in the MLS. Uh, I'm sure you guys have um, touched in on that. Um, what I take on him, my biggest take on that is this is a goal scorer. He's definitely going to add a competition to the striker spot. And let's be real. Austin FC is, is building a team of Spanish-speaking players, almost, you know? And Musa is looking almost like the weakest link, language barrier, language, language, language. I only yep. see Musa speaking French, you know? So that's going to be an issue. Whenever you got Cecilio Dominguez, whenever you got Fagundes, Sebastián Drussi, 
and Musa on the field. You know, it's going to, I feel like the game is going to flow a lot easier with Maxi. So I'm, I'm happy he's here. Um, I think uh, people are going to maybe have him as their second striker. Musa is going to start first. So Bali, you can go ahead and go in. No, I, I agree with you. And that number nine position killed us. I mean, injuries killed us this last season. I mean, and now we have three players now competing for that position. I mean, that's all competition. And everyone on Twitter is always asking me, Bali, who starts? Who starts? Who starts? And I tell them this. It's all, it all depends on that preseason and practice. Who wants Absolutely. it more? Who's hungry? Who's hungry? Who, who wants to start? And that first game against Cincinnati, we'll see who, who, who put in the work. And I'm excited for it. I think that's 100% right, Bali. Like, I think everyone's excited about GJ because he's kind of the young newcomer with a lot of potential. But I think you're right. I think he's going to have to earn that spot with Aruti in the team now because uh, Aruti's mm-hmm. not going to give it to him. Aruti's a fighter. <laughs> and so yeah. I, I think the preseason and, and kind of the preseason camp and those preseason games will say a lot. And and I wouldn't be surprised if Maxi Aruti was a starter at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I actually... Go ahead, Jeremiah. I was going to say, I mean, and, and there's like, I mean, there's seven, what, seven, eight midweek games too. I mean, so there's, there's always plenty of minutes to go around and it's good for there to be competition for those minutes and not every single person just be gifted that spot in the 11. Yeah. So one thing we were talking about on the last show and I um, put a tweet out, I tweeted out a goal that he scored uh, in Dallas a few years ago, but Maxi Arucci has never met a shot he didn't like. He's shoots any chance he he gets do you guys think that's going to be a positive for this austin fc team or do you think uh it is is him being wasteful going to be a problem go ahead bali i think 100 percent because we we didn't see a lot of people take take a shot from out the box let's see we saw pochettino have a shot in preseason and that was it that was it all season so definitely if maxi comes in with like a sniper and starts finishing then Moses is in big trouble, man. Moses is in big trouble. And I feel for the guy because Hernan said something very key. And I said it. And people were like, nah, nah, nah. And it's true. Language is very, 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 very important. You know, and Kekutamane is only a friend was, I mean, uh, Moses, Moses' only friend was Kekutamane. Kekutamane was the only guy that he could communicate with. And he's gone. So, uh, but it's, I think that if Musa uh, shows up and, and, and on the field, he can win the spot easily. But it all depends. Yeah, that'll definitely be interesting to uh, to watch as we get closer to the start of the season. So let's move on to a tweet that Anthony Precourt put out the other day. Essentially just said that it's going to be a busy January, so buckle up. So what do you think What do you think we should be expecting from January from Austin FC? Like what are we going to see over the next month? Well, I mean, I hope it's I hope it's signings, you know? I mean, we need Center backs, center backs, yep. center backs, center backs. I mean, Bali will tell you this. I mean, it's 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 clear we're not getting Leo. It's yep. very clear now. Go ahead, Bali. Yeah, very, very. I mean, when we were linked with the guy, I mean, I I was all over looking him up, and man, uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the guy. I think he he would have been perfect for us. And this but... is Leo Weissen in the the Finnish yeah. center back we yeah. mentioned a few shows yeah, back. Sir. Yeah. So, um, man, I was a. Uh, now it's kind of we definitely need somebody in the back. We definitely need a center back, and I definitely think that we need a backup left back for Komenich. I mean, he, yeah, go ahead, Ern. Bali. I mean, be real. You think Precourt's really just talking about center backs? I mean, I mean, I'm I'm honestly scared. Like everybody's talking about Maxi, everybody's talking about Ethan Finley. 
what about our defense? When are we going to address this issue? Like we are exposed in the back. Yeah. We lost Matt. We lost an an anchor. We lost Matt Beasley. Did we like forget to fill in that role? I mean, I I hope Precourt's tweet addresses our defensive issues, Bali. I agree with you 100%. And, uh, I mean, we can all agree scoring isn't a problem. We scored a lot this season. But our big problem was defending. Defending was horrible. And we need somebody in the back. And, man, I mean, I'm I'm praying for for somebody. And the only, the only guy that I heard that we were linked with, the guys from LA, LAFC, Sin Filtro, uh, Murillo. called me and they told me Murillo, Colombian. And he would fit perfect next to Johan Romagna. So but that that's one, still that's still up in there. But air. we'll see. We'll see though. I don't know. That one doesn't seem all that realistic to me because Murillo has been at LAFC for I think two seasons now. He's a pretty young guy. So I would be surprised if he was on that short of a contract that we could get him right now. Um and also he I think he's he played in like 32 games for them this last year. So uh maybe if the new coach doesn't like him for some reason, but he seems to be a pretty big part of that team. So I'd be surprised if they were willing to sell him right now after he's not been there for very long, but maybe they could be right. Um, Jeremiah, what are you nervous about how long it's taking to get defensive reinforcements? I mean, I am nervous because I'm an Austin FC fan who needs everything to be resolved right away, but I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, we know, We've heard, you know, these deals are complicated, and especially if you're dealing with people who aren't out of contract, which we're kind of, we're a little bit through that now, you know. So we're gonna, this ring thing probably had to happen to free up some money to make another move, and then like we got to find a club and we got to find a player who's interested, and so yeah, I hope that it's a center back and right. We need, we need, we need an outside back too for sure. Um, and we'd be in a lot better shape than before. Yeah, hopefully it's not just contract extensions because he did say we're going to be busy in January. And so <laughs> yeah. This, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this ring deal does count as being busy in January. I think I think there's two ways to look at it. You could say the negative side would be maybe they, they're having trouble finding someone to either on the right money or that's interested. Um, the positive side would be to look at like, this is going to be a big move. And like, those are normally complicated when you're signing free agents. Uh, it's easy. You, you have to decide on a number and that's it. Sign here. You're on the team with this, these transfers. There's so many parties involved and so many terms involved that it gets really complicated to, to make it all happen and can sometimes take a long time. So, um, if you're an optimist, just think that it's a big deal. And it's just taking some time to get it all the way through. And I hope that's the truth. <laughs> 100%. I mean, I just want to say this last thing. I feel like the goal situation going forward, I feel like we got it maybe taken care of. I mean, Maxi, uh, 13 goals in Newell's, 20 in Portland, 35 in Dallas, 9 in Montreal, and 7 in Houston. I mean, he's going to be a huge, huge plus to us. He's going to help a lot. So hopefully we're busy in January, but looking for defensive options hopefully yeah so yeah. the leo weissen and i i had watched quite a bit of video on him too and i was pretty high on him but um i think some like some people might look at it and say like well, austin fc's being cheap they should have given him more money going back to bizarre mls roster rules there's only so much you can give him before he become he, he crosses the threshold and you're not allowed to pay him more by mls rules and so if elfsborg was was willing to up his contract 
above that number, there's nothing else Austin FC could do at that point. So uh, that might have been what happened there since he did re-sign his contract and is going to stay yeah. in Sweden this season. Um, looking and at... I, I, I think it was the uh, striker, the one that put that tweet out saying that there was an offer on the table from Austin FC, but that it wasn't enough to get Leo Weissenden's attention. If I'm, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was them. So shout out to them. Yeah, I think that's right. I remember that now. We, we, we thought Shout the out. source was probably the, you know, his agent, but where, mm-hmm. whatever it is, that's, that yeah. was true. <laughs> I think, I think we should just uh, show him a, a video of the beer showers and the Q2 fool. Maybe that will convince him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. So looking at some center back options, I, we're going to need probably at least one center back, if not two. Uh, we need like one, probably starting center back and then at least one depth option. Um, and then probably a fullback as well. Looking through center backs in MLS, uh, I said on a, a previous show, essentially the the profile we should be looking at is uh, guys who are on the last year of their contract who are worth, if you're looking at trans- transfer market values, which are guesses for the most part, but around like $2.5 million would be my guess. That's what Alex Ring was valued at whenever we bought him for about a million in allocation money. Um, I think that's the profile we should look at looking through transfer marked and just like seeing when people resigned, there's not a lot of options that are obvious. There may be some that aren't obvious that would be options, but there's not a ton. And one that I keep coming back to is uh, Alexander Kayans from NYCFC. I think he's like 29 years old. He's, I think he's on the fourth, year of a contract which you would guess might be the last one maybe it's not but you would guess might be the last one and transfer marked has him i think at like two and a half million dollars something like that so probably doable on the last year of a contract with just trading allocation money the kid's really good too he's a really good player so i would be really happy with that if they're shopping him i imagine there's other people interested as well so i don't know if it's possible but that would be my my top player on the wish list aside from that i don't i don't see any other obvious options available in mls right now it's tough and i've actually i've actually told this to my buddies throughout the past years i mean doesn't it seem like every year there's less and less good center backs i feel like it's kind of a dying art you know what i'm saying like there's not that many good center backs left in the world i feel like back in the day you had a bunch of good center backs there was a bunch of you know bunch of guys out there but now i feel like i don't know it's just feel like it's less and less and less and you have more right wingers more left wingers more forwards and defense it might be a dying art i don't know yep i think there's i think that's probably true in in world football in mls there are a fair amount of good center backs right now it's just guys who are kind of outside of the profile of who we'd be able to to actually get someone on twitter asked me about miles robinson I'd love to get Miles Robinson, but he's he's gonna like if he moves, it's gonna be to Europe for six or seven million dollars, probably. So is it isn't he already linked? There's there's been rumors about him going to Germany. I don't think it's anything concrete yet, but I would guess if he goes anywhere, it's to Europe. So that's someone yeah. like I'd love to have him, but I just don't think it's possible in a million years. So uh Aaron Long, depending on what his contract looks like and what Red Bull would be willing to let him go for, maybe we could do that. But I know he really wanted to go to Europe as well. So uh I don't know. It's it's tough. Um if we bring someone from abroad, it's gonna have to be 
we're going to have to get rid of someone or buy another international slot probably. So uh, it's, it's really hard to guess where that's going to come from, but I don't think there's any reason to panic at this point. They're going to get defenders. I think the question is, is it going to be the guy who's actually going to change this defense or is it just going to be another guy? All right. Uh, I agree with you. Let's move on to the upcoming MLS Super Draft. So that's happening on January 11th. Going back to last year, Austin FC had the number one pick. Everyone expected us to pick Philip Mayaka from Clemson. Everyone thought Austin FC, it's a lock. They're going to take Philip Mayaka from Clemson. Uh, the first pick comes up. Who do we take? Daniel Pereira from Virginia Tech. I think ever, even Danny Pereira was surprised. He he said he didn't know. He found out whenever we did. So uh, this yeah. season, Austin FC has the fifth pick. Um, we've seen, um, what's his name? Travis Clark, who we had on the show last year from who, Top Who Shore also Soccer. thought we would, who said we would take Philip Mayaka without exactly. a doubt. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they released their, uh, their mock draft today. Uh, and I have it pulled up here and they have us with the fifth pick. He's projecting that we take Kyle Holcomb, who's a, a striker from Wake Forest. Um, I watched a little bit of footage on him today. Uh, he looks like a good college striker. I don't know what that means, but a pretty good college striker. Would what would y'all think about us taking a striker in this draft? We just talked about all the all the options we have at striker. How would y'all feel about taking another striker in this draft? I mean, to be honest, Danny Pereira, diamond. You know, yep. he's one in a million almost. So I think getting a striker from the super draft is not really going to help us because the kid's never going to play. Never. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so might as well explore the possibility of getting like defensive players. You know, I'm going back to that. You know what I mean? Because maybe he'll get some PT that way, you know, because we have a lot of competition in the uh, uh, forward position, midfield uh, position as well. And I feel like it's going to be hard to find another Danny type player. I mean, I don't know, Bali, you, you want to add something? I agree. I mean, and you know what's funny about that Danny uh, part? I mean, I remember his, his uh, mom telling me that uh, Colorado actually moved up the third the, the, the third spot because they were so sure that they were going to get Danny. They were so <laughs> sure. And then out of nowhere, Austin said, boom. So, oh, man, sucks for Colorado. But, um, yeah, um, if this guy comes in, I, I'm pretty sure he'll get he'll be in the USL. I don't think we'll we'll even see him in the Austin FC shirt. So I, You think I we're going to loan him out? I think so. I, I think so. I don't even think he'll play for us. So I hope that we go for a defender or something. I mean, something, something like that. Go ahead, bro. I was going to say, I mean, the one thing we don't know yet, we have like projections on who's going to be a generation Adidas player. And last year, you know, I didn't, I don't think I really understood the value in having like a guy who is a generation Adidas guy and Danny is, but there's so many different, like you don't have to protect in the expansion draft, which I guess we're going to be immune from next year. Cause we lost, uh, cause we lost McKenzie Gaines, but you know, they don't, there's so many advantages to taking a generation Adidas guy. My my like my pick would be take whatever generation Adidas player is left at five, and and like except for maybe except for maybe the keepers, and just hope for the best. Because you know who knows? I went back and looked at last year's uh, draft. So the 2021 fifth pick in the draft was a guy named Michael DeShields for DC United. Played 14 games in the USL and they cut him loose. So I think to Bali's point, like <laughs> harsh. You can't you can't expect a lot. And then I remember I was talking about Ethan Bartlow a lot too, and he only played in two matches for Houston last year. So I mean, it's very much. I'm telling you, bro. The diamond Danny in the Pereira, rough. But Danny's amazing. One in a yeah. million. 
I mean, when, I mean, Mayaka, Mayaka didn't even get to play for, for he, yeah. he was sent to the USL. I mean, harsh. Him dirty, bro. He, he was they in the USL, so which I, yes. I think you, you can say, okay, him versus Pereira that we won, but uh, he played, he was like a nail on starter for the Colorado's USL team. And as by all accounts, like folks who pay attention to the USL, people think he's still going to be a real player and will, will be a good MLS player at some point. Um, so I don't know that we should discount Philip Mayaka, but it doesn't take away that Danny Pereira was, like you said, a diamond, a diamond in the rough there. We did, we did really well with was. that pick. Um, so I think it's also worth mentioning that everyone got last year's thing wrong. So I'd say the chances of us actually taking Kyle Holcomb at five are pretty slim. Uh, the guy that you, like Ernan, you mentioned picking a defender, Kip Keller from uh, St. Louis university, is the only defender that they're projecting to be a generation Adidas player. Uh, he's 6'3", 185 pounds. I watched a little bit of video of him. He looks like uh, like Walker Zimmerman light. Like He's a tall guy, plays the like ball that. fairly like well, that. is pretty athletic even though he's big. Uh, he's Don't get too excited. He is not Walker Zimmerman, but he's uh, kind uh, of uh, of that mold. <laughs> um, but they're projecting him to be taken first in – in this draft. So, oh, wow. um, by Charlotte. So I don't know. It, maybe it would be worth Austin FC trading up to make sure they could get this guy. If he's going to be generation ideas, he's also American would not need an international slot, which we are also USA, baby. running low on USA. Um, and so, yeah, I, maybe we, we trade someone away to open up a senior roster spot. And then, uh, also, to get this American generation Adidas player. I don't know who would trade away. I was looking at that and that's pretty complicated too, but, um, Redes. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think say what I could be somebody, maybe, would you, maybe. Ulises? Hey, I, um, I mean, I don't want to, you know, stir the pot, but top flight does it best. Right. But, Segura today apparently tweeted a picture that had like, uh, I wonder who he was talking about. He was saying, you know, to, Watch out for backstabbers, pretty much. Oh. You know, I wonder. I want. I oh. wonder who. I wonder who Segura's talking about. <laughs> I wonder who Segura's talking about. So, I don't know. Is it? I'm like actually a friend of his, or is it Claudio Reyna? <laughs> I actually, hey, I actually pulled it up right now. Segura. The picture says, it "says No se trata de quien sea bueno en tu cara, sino de quien sea leal a tu espalda." Mm. Mm. I get. Let me see if I can go ahead and uh, translate. It says, it's, it's not about who is good to your face. It is about who is good when your back is to them, pretty much. So, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Segura. I would, what's up? What's I would up be there? sad if Segura left just because I do think he would be uh, a good player to have on the roster. And just for not us to not ever even get to see him suit up, that would be yeah. pretty disappointing to me. But... Um, yeah, we'll see. Again, we, we've learned with drafts that we're always going to be very wrong. So I'm not going to make any predictions here. <laughs> exactly. All right. Anything else we want to cover before we wrap up, fellas? No, I think we hit all the uh, news, I mean, right? Go ahead, Arnon. Yeah, what do you want to yeah, talk about? No, 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 bro. That was all the news, Jeremiah. <laughs> all right. Well, Arnon <laughs> and Bali, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we, we love what you guys are doing. I know that's, um, we're 
we're kind of doing different versions of the same thing, but there's, there's room for all of us, right? Like we're, we're kind of bringing different flavors to the, to the community here. So we really like what you guys are doing. Keep it up. Um, hopefully it gets even bigger this season. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for joining us. I want to say this, man. Bali, but hold on. Let me say something. something, I like this. You know, you know why I like this? Because, you know, I'm calm. I'm talking at the top flight. I'm stressing. I'm mad. (laughs) So right here, I'm relaxed. You know, and I feel I'm calm. I'm good. I feel good. I didn't know you had Bali, this in but, you. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked. <laughs> Bali, Bali, why don't you kind of tell the fans a little bit who Bali is? Because you're one of the most infamous characters in this fan base. Nah, well, I mean, I, I'm I was just a an Austin FC fan. You know, just going at games. I grew up here in Austin. This is my city. You know, I love I love Austin. And um, Hernan was uh, starting with Austin TV, and he told me, "Hey, man, I need this passion on the mic." Come on the mic. I need this. I need this. And I'm like, nah, man, I, I'm, not, I'm not into all that. And he kept telling me, come on, come on, come on. And then what did I tell you, bro? What did I tell you? I told you you were a star. Yeah, yeah. And and I was and I was like, I was like, all right, all right, I'll go, I'll go. And I mean, who would have thought? <laughs> thought? And hey, and I want to say shout out to Moon Tower, like you said, Landon. Like, you know, they, we, we do similar things, you know, just you know, we have different little uh tweaks, but um, like Bali said on top flight. We're Austin TV. Sometimes the emotions are really high, but right here, Moon Tower, it felt it felt good to bring it down to you know a very stable notch. You know, it felt it felt good. It felt good. <laughs> it's like we, we, really did, it, bro. we could be yeah. your therapist. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Hey, yes, yes. <laughs> a lot of Austin FC fans needed a therapist after the <laughs> after the Frisco first round. That. Yeah. That game put some people in in a very unstable spot mentally. <laughs> well, if you guys ever need like a chill out tent the, to just come and like cool down in, you're welcome to come back anytime. I appreciate it, bro. <laughs> appreciate that. All right. Well, we would like to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, come find us on social media. I'm on Twitter at lviahero87. Jeremiah is at jbentley underscore atx. Ernan Bali, tell us where folks can find you. Um, you can follow us at We're Austin TV on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. We also got the Top Flight Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we got a TikTok. We're going to be more active on it. And a website for We're Austin TV is coming soon in 2022 season when it officially starts. So be on the lookout. Bali? Bali ATX uh, on Twitter and Bali ATX on, on Instagram too, man. And one more thing. I wouldn't be me if I, if I didn't send a... Uh, Shout out to my team. Shout out to Bali, obviously. Shout out to my boy Primo. Shout out to Brian. Shout out to Nolvi. Shout out to Daniel, Fucho, and Eftali. So shout out to the We're Austin TV crew. Had to do it. All right. Well, hey, 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 and to my boy Danny Bands. My boy Danny, the exotic. Almost forgot my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah, nice. what, sh- what should folks look out for on the Striker Texas this week? Uh, I think the there's the Alex Ring article... So Chris Bills talked to Alex Ring today, and I know you wrote an article about it, but it, it be, there is more Alex Ring-related content coming, include, including Chris's opinion on other options for DPs, and I believe a second part of that interview. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode of Moon Tower Soccer. Ednan uh, and Bali and the rest of the crew will have some more content coming your way soon, so definitely go check that out. Until then, I'm Landon Cottom. I'm Jeremiah Bentley. We'll catch you next time. When no one is around. No one is around. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm telling you, bro. I, 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 I f- with you guys, bro. I f- with you guys. <laughs>